Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You. I'm your host, Aaron Free. And we're in the middle of a, a two-part series. Uh, we did the first part a couple weeks back on the importance of making your table during this holiday season uh, a place of peace in a wilderness uh, season because our world is in a wilderness because of COVID and so many other issues. And so my special guest on the program today is my wife, Sharon. And Sharon is the Associate Dean for Research and Evaluation and Development at the College of Nursing at the University of South Alabama. And much of her research is centered around the importance of sharing a meal together, the importance of family meals. So Sharon, welcome to Israel and You. Thank you. It's great to um, be back and to share just the importance and the significance of gathering around the table. And before I move on to my just some additional points from the last series, I'm going to recap a little just so that everybody's up on everything that has been discussed. But, you know, it's so important to share a meal around the table. It's a important spot in terms of a um, spiritual. It's a place of instruction, encouragement. And also we've just shared some practical tips just to help individuals as they prepare to share around the table. You know, throughout scripture, the table was really prepared for um, us in even wilderness experiences of our life. You know, looking back at the children of Israel, they were provided for in the wilderness that God continually prepared tables for them. Jesus talks about preparing a table in the presence of our enemies. It's important that um, we look through the scriptures to see that so much of scriptures is focused around the table. And there's so many benefits um, spiritually and also emotionally and um, physically in terms of a, of a, t- a shared meal around the table. There's so much more, um, so much um, positive benefits for children, for parents, uh, for teens, and the importance of just communicating and connecting around the table. You know, we talked about the table as a place of instruction, how, you know, that when the temple was destroyed, the home became the place of encouragement and instruction. We talked about the table as a place of covering and protection. We talked about the importance of preparation and how just throughout scripture it talks about the preparation around the table. We talked um, about how the table is a place of building loyalty with our families and how when we encourage them, they want to come around the table. I mean, we'll talk about how to make it fun and do great things, but you really keep your family loyal and um, devoted when you communicate around the table. And we um, also talked about the importance, the table is a place of blessing and the importance of encouraging our children and to make the table a positive, encouraging spot. We talked about sharing life experiences to really encourage those around us for our children, to have some of the elders share some encouraging stories of their life, even having our kids share stories of their life that um, would, would encourage other people. 
and just the importance of taking that time. And um, also we talked about the place of table as a place of favor and encouragement and a place that we are really purposeful in making it a positive spot. We talked about that table is nurturing, also that the table is a place of forgiveness and reconciliation, and also that the table is a place to encourage long-lasting friendships. You know, Sharon, during this holiday season, uh, we always make it a point uh, for, for you know, you and I as parents and grandparents as we sit at the table with our family, you know, to share principles to live by. And so I always give a little instruction, you know, a little word at each family meal. And I'll just give you a few of the things that I've shared this Christmas season, some principles uh, that I live by. And the first is the pressure on the inside of me must be greater than the pressures outside of me. And so, you know, you think about a balloon, and this is what I shared with my kids and grandkids. You think about a balloon, when you, when you press in on a balloon, if the pressure being exerted on that balloon is greater than the pressure inside of the balloon, what happens? The balloon bursts. And so the scripture says, if you crumble under pressure, your faith is weak. And so what I, what I shared with my family is that the COVID test kind of has a double meaning for me. You can go to uh, urgent care center and get a COVID test to find out if you're positive or negative. But the, the other meaning for me is that this is a test. We're in a COVID test and the pressure is on. But during this test, it's important that what's on the inside of us, the godliness on the inside of us, is greater than all the pressure that is being sent our way. Uh, another principle I'm sharing with my family is that it doesn't depend on you. Uh, so often we think that you know the life's pressures, it, it, it all depends on me, but it doesn't depend on you. The Bible says a man makes his plans, but the Lord orders his steps. So it's important to know that you know God's in control of this world. He's in control of our lives. It doesn't depend on you. It really depends on him. So these are some of the things during this holiday season that I'm sharing with my family. I, I said to you our last time together that we often used to ask each other the question back in the old days when we would get together over a meal. We would say to our friend, so tell me, how is your soul? And I think that's a question that we should all ask each other this holiday season at the table. With all the stress this world is under, how is your soul? And it's interesting to me what the Lord Jesus said about the soul. He said that, uh, you know, consider the birds of the air. And then he said, how much more valuable are you than birds? So here's some good news. You're more valuable than many birds. And then the Lord also said, you know, consider the sparrow. Your father sees a little sparrow when it, when it falls to the ground. How much more valuable are you than the sparrow? So my soul is more valuable than one sparrow. My soul is more valuable than many birds. In fact, Jesus said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? So our soul is so valuable to God. And during this time of stress, 
We've got to nurture our souls. Uh, David, all through the Psalms, would, would talk to his soul. Spring up, O well, within my soul. And so at the family mealtime together this holiday season, a great question to ask your family is, t- tell me, how is your soul? How, how are you doing on the inside? You know, what's happening? Are, are, are you so stressed out that your soul is crumbling? So the table is a great place to nurture one another's souls. You know, I think that's really a great point, and that really leads to my next point, just the importance of the table as being a spot to really encourage and unveil spiritual insights. And it's really a great place to talk about the things of God, to ask questions. And you know, so many times when we gather on the table, we have thought ahead of time of some encouraging questions. It's so easy sometimes to just have small talk, and that's fine, just, you know, um, the food is delicious, on and on, but it's really meaningful if we can share, and and we never force anyone to share, but a lot of times you just ask a few questions, and it seems like we can't get anyone to stop because they just enjoy talking, and I think it's so important to think ahead and sometimes have a question or have someone else think about a question they'd like to ask or something that they could share that would be encouraging. And I think sometimes as parents, you know like what each child has gone through. And a lot of times you can just highlight how proud you are of them for their resilience, for how they, you know, we have kids of all ages. So, you know, so proud of them that they've navigated their business, their their work through the COVID crisis. Um, you know, we have grandkids and how they've, you know, maneuvered um, just changing their educational experience. And I think it's so important just to use that time to share encouragement and spiritual insights with each other. And also, the table is really a place of laughter. You know, we share a lot of funny stories and a lot of times humor disarms. And and I think that we keep our table an upbeat, happy place. And I think it's so important to keep an attitude and atmosphere of joy. And again, like I shared, we kind of have some ground rules. We keep our tables at a place of encouragement. That's never a spot to share about being upset with someone. That's, that's a private moment later. And I think too, just some of the practical things that really help is we, um, we encourage people to turn the television off. It's so easy to be distracted. We also really encourage everybody not to bring their cell phones to the table. You know how that is. It seems like people can get distracted and then suddenly they're not even there. So we kind of have a no, you know, distraction zone and we make the table just a fun spot and I think that's so important and I think we we model that to our children our grandchildren and it's such a great way to carry on that tradition yeah scripture says in Deuteronomy 6 it's called the Shema Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kavod Melkuto Leolam Va'ed and the Jewish people today, they still proclaim that Shema, hear, O Israel. And it says there in Deuteronomy 6, teach these things, teach the word of God to your children when you sit 
in the house. And to me, that's really speaking about the importance of the table. When you come together for a meal, it is a place of instruction. It's a place of, uh, for, for the parents, the grandparents, to instruct the children, the grandchildren in the way of the Lord. And we, we've got to really protect the sacred place of the family table. And I know it, 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 holiday seasons, you know, Sharon has this wonderful thing. She's going to tell you about it. But we, we put questions into a, a little jar. And can you tell us about the, the principle of doing that, Sharon? Yes. You know, um, this is such a great way. With a lot of my research and working with families, so many times I found that when I was you know, doing a class, they would say, well, I don't even know what to ask. You know, like, how do you start a conversation like that? And so we share about open-ended questions. You know, how many, you know, if you ask someone, how was your day? The answer would be fine. (laughs) So we say, tell us about your day. You know, and a lot of times we would share just on our evening meals, a lot of times, sure, one high of the day, you know, one thing that really made you happy. And then I also said, sure, one thing, maybe a low of the day. And, you know, that low of the day, a lot of times I would hear like what the kids are going through. A lot of times they won't share it and we'll talk a little bit about it. And then later when I, you know, talk to them later, I could talk a little bit more about it or I can maybe see why my husband came home a little discouraged. You you know, a lot of times you don't bring up the things that may have been a low of the day, but that's an opportunity for parents and for spouses to encourage one another. And it's funny, sometimes you don't realize what a high and a low is for them because you may not have perceived that even if you're with them all day. So I think it's important to really learn how to ask questions. And we, um, it was interesting and just doing a lot of the research, you can actually buy, you know, online, you know, on Amazon, you can go look and buy like questions around the table. You could Google questions and print them off and, you know, and you'll have, you'll be armed with a lot of questions. There's a, you can even Google encouraging spiritual questions to ask, but it's fun. And what we would, what we did is we actually put together a jar because, you know, we got a Mason jar, we made it cute. And then we, we printed out a lot of questions for adults, for families, we kind of color coded them. And then we would let um, individuals just around the table, pick out a question if they couldn't think of anything to ask. And it's funny, even years later, after I did that research, Everyone talked about they love the jar. Yeah, and it's so wonderful um, to come to the table, ask questions, find out you know, where our souls are at. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the value of resilience. And today in our world, so many people are, are not resilient. They're not bouncing back. And so at a family table, what is really happening behind the scenes is children and grandchildren, when they hear the stories of their grandparents and their parents, they understand that, hey, you know what, when I go through a difficult time, especially a time of a pandemic like this, there's hope for me. I can be resilient too. And so when we come back from the other uh, side of the break, we'll talk about resilience. 
Hi, I'm Aaron Free, president of Israel Team Advocates. Israel Team is a nonprofit organization that advocates for the Jewish people and the land of Israel. Our work is mainly on evangelical college campuses where we're seeing a growing tide of anti-Israelism and anti-Semitism. The social justice movement is falsely proclaiming that Israel is violating the human rights of its neighbors. As well, critical race theory, now being taught on evangelical institutions, proclaims that Jewish people are white colonial settlers who have settled in a land that does not belong to them. This, of course, is untrue. 55% of Israelis are non-white. There are a quarter million Ethiopian Jews living in Israel, and over one million Arabs call Israel home. According to the FBI, there has been a 350% increase of anti-Semitic incidents in the last two years. As well, 70% of evangelical young people hold to a negative view of Israel. If this trend goes unchallenged, evangelicalism will be anti-Israel within 10 years. Israel team needs your help. We are building centers for understanding anti-Semitism and the rebirth of Israel on evangelical college and seminary campuses. We do presentations about how the Nazis took over college campuses in order to brainwash the minds of young German Christians. We're building bridges of understanding through our Knights to Honor the Jewish People in churches nationwide. Will you help Israel Team stand in the gap to fight the scourge of anti-Semitism? Israel Team has received a matching grant, and every dollar you give to help us build a bridge for the next generation will be matched by January 1st, 2022. You can donate today by going to our donate page at israelteam.org. And for your donation, we'll send you our new book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism, and What Can Be Done to Stop It. Be sure to leave your mailing address in the comment section so that we can mail the book out to you. Help us meet this matching grant by going to our donate section at israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. My special guest today is my wife, Sharon. And Sharon is the Associate Dean for Research and Evaluation and Development at the College of Nursing at the University of South Alabama. And we're talking on the program today about, during this holiday season, making your table a sacred space. And before we went to break, I was, was talking about the power of resilience. And you see, when your children and your grandchildren, they hear your stories at the table, especially in a time when the world is stressed out because we're involved in this pandemic, and they hear your stories about how God brought you through, uh, there's something that's established there. Without even saying it, they're hearing the, the beauty of uh, a resilient spirit. And you, each one of us, we were, were made to bounce, to bounce back. And this word resilience, it comes from the Latin word resilio. Uh, zilio is the word bounce, and re, of course, means back. So resilience simply means to bounce back. And so at the table, your children, grandchildren are going to learn, I was made to bounce. I can come back after a time of loss. It's not the sting of loss that's so painful. It's the longevity of the thing. When you're going through a, a wilderness time where you know the reports are negative out there in the world today, but we understand 
at the table that we can bounce back. And every, everyone was made to bounce. God designed us all to bounce. And consider your spinal cord, uh, the vertebrae and the discs in your spinal cord. They're like shock absorbers. If you didn't have those discs and vertebrae, you'd get out of the bed in the morning and your body would crumble. You, you wouldn't even be able to run in the gunny sack race on the 4th of July. And as kids, we remember uh, my, my daughter's favorite uh, Disney character uh, is Tigger, who said, I've got a top made out of rubber and a bottom made out of springs. And he just went bouncing through all the difficulties of life. And so we can bounce back from setbacks and tragedies and, and pa- pandemics and, and crises in our lives. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, uh, she wrote a book. She's a neurologist. And uh, she wrote a book, Who Switched Off My Brain? And you know that neurologists today, they've, they've found that when you concentrate on the negative, when you concentrate on all the problems in the world, you actually grow toxic trees within your brain. And so uh, it's so important that, that when you start thinking positively and you start walking in faith, they say a lot of those toxic air of your brain, uh, they begin to dissolve. And so it's important at the table to teach our family just through our own shared experience, our own life stories, that, that we can bounce back, that we can be resilient people. You know, it's interesting, the concept of building resilience is backed up all in research, um, that um, throughout research, they're finding that resilience is built by sharing life stories. So I think it's really important. Be purposeful. Think of some encouraging stories. And, you know, I think a lot of times family members around the table, you know, when you share about the challenges you went through, everyone around there is like, wow, look at, they went through this, but you know what? God delivered them. Things worked out. I worked or worked through that tragedy. I'm here today. And I think it helps each and every one of us to hear those stories. So it's so important. Think through. And a lot of times, you know, at just as you prepare a meal, there's a lot of preparation with, you know, buying the groceries, setting it up, making the meal. Also, there's preparation that I always do in my mind, thinking about the conversations around the table, thinking about a lot of times before the, everyone sits down, I've already, Aaron and I have already thought about who we'd like to ask some questions to or share an encouraging story. And I think it really, one thing about the table is that you really use about every sense. You have smell, taste, hearing. And there's something that happens with when you taste the food, you hear, you smell the food, using all those senses, it really builds a sense of connectivity. It really, it's a way to really lovingly um, speak into our, the lives of those around us at a point, a point that they're probably the most receptive. You know, this wonderful principle, Sharon, your, your, your family is very resilient and I learned so much sitting at the table hearing their stories of how they came through crises in their lives. And there's, there's a Jewish Hebraic principle. It's all through the Bible. And it's called Lador Vador. Lador Vador. And it simply means in English, from generation to generation. And so how do we build 
the generation after us? How do we build resilience into them? And I think a lot of that happens through our conversation by sitting at the table. There's one of the principles of Judaism is tikkun olam, tikkun olam. And it simply means repair the world. And we're called to repair the world. We're called to repair and help and undergird the generation that follows us in this wonderful principle of la dor vador. We live in a fragmented world, but our calling is really to try to put back the world in which we live and put back our family. If we have discouraged family members, if, if, they're, if they're going through a lot of crisis and stress, we can help encourage them, undergird them, and a table, a holiday season, is a wonderful place to do that, to repair the world and help repair our family. That's so true, and I think it's important that we enter this holiday season thinking of opportunities that we can invite people to our table, or if even meeting them out at a restaurant. You know, it's everyone's busy, but take that time and, and always think through that table experience that you want to encourage people. And you know what I've noticed is that so many people oftentimes think really nice things about each other, but they don't share it. And there's so many times around the table, I'll just say, you know, something I really appreciate about you, and I'll share that. And few times people have gotten tears in their eyes and because I think in this day and age, there's a lot of negativity. And I think it's important for us to really share positive things about each other and encourage them in the Lord and encourage them just how you've seen God work through their lives. And I think that that's something that is priceless. And it takes a little thought and a little preparation, just like you would prepare a meal, but think through how you can encourage one another and then also make the meal a fun place. You know, we do a lot of fun things and, you know, we'll put little hats or I'll, for the children, especially, I let them help me set the table and we make a big deal about everything. And, you know, whether it's a celebration, they get the special plate or I'm special today and um, and I, they just love it. And I really want the children to want to come around the table and enjoy um, some shared time with us. You know, one of the principles I shared at our table this holiday season, and uh, it's a principle that really changed my life. And it's this suffering is a grace. And I never really comprehended that until I went through a life crisis a few years back. And I came to the understanding, and it's from Isaiah 63, 9. In all their afflictions, God was afflicted. He was afflicted. And so when, when we go through times of crises, we must realize that God is there with us. He's experiencing our pain. He's experiencing our wounds. He's experiencing what we're experiencing. In all their afflictions, Isaiah 63, 9, God was afflicted. And so suffering is a grace. And I, I teach that to my kids and my grandchildren. When you go through a difficult season, it's really God's grace. You know, maybe he's preparing you for something even more difficult on the road ahead. Perhaps he's trying to, to roadblock you from going over some cliff in your life. And every time I've come through a crisis, I always say, you know what? 
that moment was really a point of grace for me. Suffering is a grace. And I realized that greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. And so whatever the world is sending my way, God's greater. He's greater than any crises. He's greater than any pandemic. He's greater. And so whatever suffering I go through, it's a grace. It's teaching me uh, how to walk with God. It's teaching me how to be resilient. And so I proclaim today that the Disney character uh, that, you know, Tigger that said, uh, I've got a top made out of rubber and a bottom made out of spring. Tigger has nothing on anyone in this audience because of who lives on the inside of you. He's greater. And so I want to say thank you to Sharon for being on the program with me today to talk to us these two sessions about the importance of the family meal. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And this is really my heart and I love the opportunity to share. Thank you so much, Sharon. And we look forward to a new year and a new day. And a man makes his plans, but the Lord orders his steps. God is going to order our steps through this new year. And I, I pray God's blessing on the new year on your family and his blessing on your conversations around the table. May he be the center of your conversation. May he be the silent listener at the table. And may your table exemplify the Lord in everything you do. Bless you. Thank you for all your support of Israel Team. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.